I have a great appreciation for my opponent's feistiness that he wants to uh, continue to show, you know, he has this sharp tongue and can issue these challenges to God and so forth. One, one of Christianity's specifically horrible contributions to human mythology and delusion is the idea, the terrifying idea, that you could be tortured forever. Horrible by what standard? Horrible by, well, good question. Um, yeah, I know. Having a sharp tongue is not a sure indicator of possessing an equally sharp mind. I'm not here to prove the Bible. I'm not here to defend the Bible. I agree with Charles Spurgeon. I would no more defend the Bible than I would defend a lion. You don't defend a lion. You just let him loose. He'll defend himself. All right, welcome everyone to the Saints Edified Polemical Edition. This is where we critically examine essential and non-essential issues pertaining to the Christian faith. If you don't know, my name is Arturo. And today, once again, I have my brother, Jamal Bandy. Jamal, man, uh, just in case people don't know, uh, do you mind uh, introducing yourself one more time for us? Yeah, no problem, man. Uh, thank you. This is uh, Jamal Bandy, as your brother said, from Prescribed Truth. Also, I have a podcast, Prescribed Truth Podcast, that you can find on various podcast apps. I'm a husband. I'm a father of two boys and, um, and a member of local, a local church. I need to say that because some people don't think it's important to be part of a local church. And, um, and yeah, so I do apologetics um, on a basic level. So that's who I am. You can find me on YouTube at Prescribed Truth. And um, yeah, so connect with me there. Thanks, bro. Yeah, man. Uh, I mean, uh, if you guys haven't seen the last uh, episode yet, I really encourage you to check it out. We covered Acts 2.38 and John 3.5. And, uh, and it was a blessing, bro. I mean, uh, thank you. And I, I know I already thanked you on, on, on Messenger, but uh, thank you again for for joining me in this, um, I had you in mind when I when I was thinking when I was thinking about this uh, this series. So it's just, it's a privilege wow. to have you on here, bro. So I appreciate um, it, man. Yeah, definitely. And I, again, I, I'm, I'm, I'll link the episode in the description. Um, it's uh, again we go over Acts two thirty eight and John three five, and we basically just uh, cover the arguments and also we we give uh, the Oneness Pentecostals a, a ch uh, some challenges and we ask some questions that we want them to answer. So far, no one has answered on the actual YouTube page. Um, I have I've had some interactions on Facebook on my own um, that I might share later on. But uh, uh, so today we're going to cover three of the verses um, that typically are used. It's uh, Mark 16, 16, 1 Peter 3, 21, and uh, lastly, uh, James 2, 26. So th these verses are typically used to prove that someone needs to be baptized to be saved. And, uh, or they prove that um, faith alone won't save you, can't save anyone, right? So, so um, yeah, we're going to go ahead and, uh, and cover those. And, um, and hopefully you guys are edified and, and, and are ready to defend the faith. And, um, and also to reach out to those who are, who are probably a little um, confused about these things, you know. So um, we'll first check out Mark 16, 16. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. So the argument is not only faith, but baptism is required to be saved. So Jamal, mm -hmm. do you have any, any comments about that one? Yeah, what I'm going to use the Mark 16, 16 passage is, it's like they are, they are forgetting things. It's similar to the Acts 2.38, you know, uh, assuming it's a formula, you know, this is a formula. Um, so this is uh, prescriptive, like this is what it has to be. You know, and um, the, the thing that's missing out of here, just like in Acts 238, what was missing out of that was faith or to believe. You know, in Acts 238, it was um, 
baptized. It was to repent and be baptized all the remission of your sins. But there was no belief in it, no faith in it, right? But here you have whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. But whoever does not believe will be condemned. But where is baptized? Where is, where, where is it saying that baptized, you, if you're not baptized, then you'll be condemned? Which here is whoever does not believe will be condemned. Yeah. Why is the baptized baptism mentioned again far as being condemned? Because if you're not saved, then what are you, then what are you? condemned? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, that's what you said. You're condemned already because you don't believe it. So that's why I think it's people, they look overlook this. They think they have like a shot here. And it's, I mean, that's another issue too, with the fact that, you know, there's argument being made as far as textual criticism with Mark's, the later ending of Mark not really being in the original. Yeah. So you know about that point though, man. That's a good point that you bring up because um, when it comes to First uh, John five seven through eight, where it talks about you know these three testify in heaven, you know, and it talks about three. Mm-hmm. Um, well, like we, we we admit, yeah, that wasn't in earlier manuscripts. So you know, and, and to this day, bro, I don't use First John uh, five seven through eight for that reason, right? Right. And uh, because when it's Pentecostals, they'll call you out on it. They're like, hey, well, that was later added. By a trinitarian you know mm. and well yet they'll use mark 16 16. wow you know, they, they use mark 16 16 although there's evidence there's a lot of evidence that it that wasn't there early on you know it was mm. later added uh verses 9 through 20 right 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 so um right. so it, it's, it's just interesting though how they would use that 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 verse and then at the same time accuse us of being deceitful when we use first john uh uh Five, uh, seven and eight right so so yeah man um that's a good point um right here yeah and that's true this this passage has believe and 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 be baptized but there's no repentance there's no calling out in the name of the lord you know um there's no confessing uh confessing the lord right because paul mm-hmm. also says you must confess to be saved right and all it says is believe and be baptized and um and unfortunately uh our one pentecostal friends they use this as a as a like you said, like a formula type of thing. So and and I would give it and I would give it that in the in the context of beliefs, I would count that with confession. Um, I, you know, I would I mean I would I would bend that much to say, okay, well, you know, this could mean confession to I me mean, because in order to confess, you've got to believe. You kind of go hand in hand. But what I would say is there's no repentance mentioned here. You know, like you know, you believe, but there's no repentance. Just like in Acts two thirty eight, there's no belief or faith. Here, there's no repentance you just believe and be baptized you know so no repentance no turning from sin you know no changed life but that's it so once you believe and once you be baptized you're saved you're good to go and this and this will go against a lot of those who would feel it well i guess we're going, we're going to end up getting to the um to the verse dealing with whether our faith and you know whether we need faith plus works and all those things right but for them for them to believe that you need works too well here is this you don't need works. You just need to believe and you just yeah. need to be baptized. And that's it. It's the only work you really need to do. Yeah, man. So, yeah. So my notes were kind of on the same line as yours. Um, basically, you know, they want, they love to quote the first part of that, of that verse. Um, and if they can get away with it, they won't quote the whole thing uh, because it's, it's very clear, right? He that believes and is baptized shall be saved. But then the other half of that verse says, but he that believe not shall be damned. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, and that doesn't necessarily mean that baptism is required for salvation. You know, it, it could be uh, equally true statements could be something like, 
he that believes and worships shall be saved. Or he that believes and fellowship shall be saved, right? Or he that mm -hmm. believes and reads his Bible shall be saved. It's not the reading of the Bible or the worship or the fellowshipping that makes someone saved, but it's the faith, right? And, it's, and it's later on, we do. it's what we do because of the belief. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, um, so, yeah, so the answer is that Jesus makes it clear that those who do not have faith will be damned, not those who have not been baptized. It's very clear. Um, I, I honestly think it's one of those uh, weaker arguments that they try to use when they when they when they when they use Mark sixteen sixteen. Um, I don't I don't ever find myself struggling to give that give an answer for that. So that's kind of why I made it first, you know, today, mm -hmm. because it's, it's one of those passages that just by reading it, you know what Jesus means, right? Oh, um, yeah. Like we, like we don't have to say, oh, that wasn't there in the beginning. That wasn't there. That was added later on, you know, because even if, if it wasn't added later on, if that was there, it does not contradict anything we believe. Um, it's pretty clear what Jesus meant um, in the um, in that passage. So, yeah, do you have any other comments about that passage alone, man? Or do you have a... No, I mean, I mean to me, it's kind of cut and cut dry with Mark 16, 16. Um, usually when people bring this up, I usually defer to let them know, you know, it was it's one, it's, it was later added. But if we were to give it to them, like give it to it, a, hey, it's part of original, it's there in the scriptures, it's inspired as well, if we're going to go that route. But then, like you, it's like you said, you know, it's clear that faith is a, is a subject here. It's a, it's a topic here, the importance of believing. And it, that, that makes me believe that whatever who the scribe was that wrote this mean, meant that we're trying to communicate that. Because if you look at the context following it, and these signs would accompany them, those who believe. And in my name, they've cast out demons and so on and so forth. So all this is about faith. If you don't have faith, then you ain't gonna cast out no devils and stuff like that. This is what is being you know, given here in the context. You know, your faith is gonna bring, for, bring, uh, bring forth all of these other works, you know, the things you could do or do, you know. And so, yeah, it's, it's the faith is the, is the subject here. And I, I like how you actually brought out saying that it's like saying believe and reading the word or believe and you know, fellowship. I, I really like how you add that because that's 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 how <laughs> I was reading it. That's how I'm getting here. It's like this belief this belief is the is the key and the baptize is something we do from believing. Yeah. Like we, like no one is being baptized who doesn't believe. Yeah, exactly. You know. And so it's like our, our belief um precedes that. And so yeah, that was that was really good. You can simply ask, okay, is someone damned for not being baptized? You can't get that from that passage, right? But you could mm -hmm. you could say that someone is down because they didn't believe. Right. And, um, so, yeah, definitely, man. It's, it's one of those passages that, um, I mean, when I'm thinking about it, to, to be fair, um, especially with the guys that we've talked to last several months, I, I, I don't think they've used that, that scripture. I remember when I was younger, that would always be like thrown to my face, you know, by apostolics. So, so I, I think I think a lot of a lot of guys that are are being honest realize that it's a bad argument to make. So, um, but one of their strongest arguments, I think, one of the strongest arguments or scriptures to use to prove baptismal regeneration is this next one that we're going to go over. Um, it's First uh, Peter three twenty one. It says, "The like figure whereunto even baptism doth also now save us." Not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So that, that's that, that's the main part of that passage, right? Um, mm -hmm. Even baptism uh, doth also now save us. So I'm reading from the King James because they always like to use the King James. But um, but 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 even in, in in other translations, it says the same thing. Baptism 
uh, now that saves us, or baptism right. now saves, right? And it's the only passage in the Bible that says that baptism saves straight out like that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and uh, and I'm surprised this isn't like a first go-to for many apostolics. Because if I was apostolic, I would use this all the time. Like this oh, yeah. is right there, bam, right there. <laughs> like probably more than actually 38, because right there you can't really get around that. Baptism saves, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, and I'm surprised that they don't use this often. But I think I know why though, uh, because I think they also don't know what it means, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Especially in parentheses, not the putting away of filth of the flesh, but it, but the answer to a good conscience toward God. And then how it talks about Noah and and you know and the water. Um, right. I honestly I honestly think they, they read that and they probably don't really know what it means. Um, so, anyways, uh, I'm gonna go ahead and read the context because I do think the context is necessary for this. Mm-hmm. And after I read the context, I'll, I'll let you go ahead and share a few things and um, and and we'll start from there. So, First um, Peter three eighteen through twenty two. So about four or five passage uh, verses says this for Christ also suffered once for sins the righteous for the unrighteous that he might bring us to God being put to death in the flesh but made alive in the spirit in which he went and proclaimed to the spirits in prison because they formerly did not obey when God's patience waited in the days of Noah while the ark was being prepared in which a few that is eight persons were brought safely through the water Baptism, which corresponds to this, now saves you, not as removal, not as a removal of dirt from the body, but also an appeal uh, to God for a good conscience through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is at the right hand of God with angels, authorities, and powers, having been subjected to him. So that's the context, uh, and I think it's necessary, but uh, I'll let you go ahead and, and, uh, and, and open up, bro, if you want. Yeah, and thank you, man. Yeah, it was it's important to read the context, man. I'm glad that you that you did that for verse 18. Um, here, it's, it's like I think a lot of people miss it. It's because they ignore they do ignore verse 20, and I think verse 20 is like the the bomb, if you will, that shatters the argument for baptism saves you in this sense, um, because 20 gives the groundwork as far as what Peter is trying to get at. And then verse 21 says something very clear that we look over, where it says baptism, which corresponds to this. Mm-hmm. What, what does it mean? That, what does it mean that it said to, for it to say it corresponds to something? And then what does the this mean? You know, what is it corresponding to? Right. And it's called, it corresponds to the situation dealing with Noah in the ark. And it will require them to go back to read what happened with Noah and the ark, when it, in the time of people preparing the ark and how were they brought safely through the water? Was it because of immersion? Were they, were they immersed in the water? What was it about? You know, what were they, what were they immersed in? You know, and um, so yeah, so if we think about this verse, I think that's, that's the part that's missed a lot. You know, it took, even after a while, when I started getting into these arguments and dealing with baptism, um, I'll be honest, this verse tripped me up when people were yeah. making an argument for baptism. You know, it tripped me up for a while. You know, I'm, I'm learning apologetics. People coming to me about, well, you got to be baptized. You got to be baptized. Baptism saves you. And that's what they'll say. And then when I read the context, I'm like, okay, well, I see it say baptism, which corresponds to this now saves you. But so does now, does baptism now save me? And it's like, no, but it's, it, that's not it. And the, more, and the more you do the study on it, it's, it's, it's something deeper in this. 
that actually is more glorious and more gratifying. Um, but we just have to understand the context. Yes, yes, exactly, man. Um, and speaking of the context, uh, one thing that I that I noticed in verse 18, because um, that's where it starts for this passage. Uh, in verse 18, you see a contrast, right? You see the righteous for the unrighteous. Okay, then you see put to death and made alive in the flesh and in the spirit. So there's like there's a physical and spiritual contrast that Peter is making here. And we got to keep that in mind as we read the whole thing, because once we get down to verse uh, 21, uh, when he says that now baptism saves, then in parentheses in the King James, it says not the putting away of filth of the flesh, but the answer to a good conscience toward God. Right there, he's, he's doing another contrast. He's not saying, okay, it's not physical, it's spiritual. Hmm. And, um, but be- before getting there, uh, but the question is, like, like you asked earlier, what saved them, the ark or the water? Right, right. No. Um, and then you got, you got to really ask them this, what saved those eight souls, the ark or the water, you know, and, and they have, they have to admit it was the ark. So, okay. Yeah. So hey, because y'all, it was interesting. I was having this conversation with a guy that was debating on this issue, you know, and I asked him that very question, man, and the level of hoops that he had to jump through to oh, avoid man. the answer. It was, it was, it was mind boggling. I mean, it's a simple answer because we all know the story of Noah, you know, and Noah's ark. We all know about the fact that when it, you know, the, the length of time that the flood waters was around, when when it finally subsided, how the ark, you know, landed on Mount Ararat, you know, and who was all in the ark? Eight people, eight people. Everyone else dead. So eight people, those same eight souls. So what saved no one in his family? It's like it, it's it would seem like a, a simple answer, you know, but it wasn't the water. The water was actually judgment. Yes, you know, exactly. The water was used to judge people and the ark was there to save, you know. And so it's like, what now then, what is this baptism corresponding to, you know? And man, it just, it just amazes me the level who's to jump to get around that. It's, you know, if I say this, the answer to it, the, the reality of what Peter was getting is actually more gratifying and more glorious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, I don't know, man. No, it's true, man. You're right. It means, so it's funny because. If they want to answer that, okay, they were saved by the water, not by the ark. Um, well, how else, how else does Peter define the water? How does he explain the water everywhere else? In, in that epistle, he, he in verse in uh, chapter two, verse uh, verse five, it says that um, it says this, and did not spare the ancient world, but preserved Noah, a preacher of righteousness, with seven others, when he brought a flood upon the world of the ungodly. And then in uh, that same chapter three, in chapter three, verse six through which the world at the time was destroyed, being flooded with water. So the way how he describes the water, um, it's, it's not salvation. <laughs> it's not right. salvation, right? So so, the, so the, the, it goes back. Okay, so how, how does baptism correspond to this thing that, that Peter's talking about? It only makes sense to say that, okay, what happened to Noah and his family, it corresponds to baptism and that, uh, that God told Noah about the flood, warned him. And because Noah had faith, he went, he went ahead and obeyed God afterwards, right? In mm-hmm. Hebrews eleven seven, it says this, By faith Noah, being warned of God of the things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark uh, to the saving of his house, by which he condemned the world, and became heir of righteousness, which is by faith. So that's Hebrews eleven seven. So in that in that way in that way baptism responds because then later on if you read if you if you read the whole the whole uh, section there, it points back to the resurrection of Christ, right? Right. So, but but I think if I think there needs to be an emphasis made 
in the, those parentheses where it says that it's not the removal of filth of the flesh, right? But a good conscience of God, right? So, um, so Peter is making it very clear that it's not this physical thing. It's a spiritual thing over here that saves us. So would you say that um, Peter is, when he, so when baptism is mentioned in verse 21, you, you really, but like, can we say that he actually is talking about literal baptism? Like the, um, the literal, uh, even though he's saying it's not the removal of, of dirt from the body, but an appeal to God for a good conscience. So he's speaking in, he's speaking in terms of the water baptism, mm -hmm. right? But not in this, but, but we can say just like in, um, if we, don't, if we can use the Mark 16 passage, yeah. that the, the thing here is still dealing with faith, still dealing so, with, dealing with so exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I see where it's a good question. It's a really good question because it's important. We're not trying to say that Peter isn't talking about baptism at all. Um, it's, it's, it's very, when you say the sacraments, you notice that there's always an inward and outward reality for, the, for each sacrament. Circumcision, mm -hmm. right? Someone could be circumcised outwardly, uh, but what truly matters if they're, if they're circumcised inwardly. And that's what mm -hmm. Paul says in Romans, right? So right. baptism, when we look at baptism in the word of God, um, it's not always helpful to divide it and be like, all right, right here is talking about only water baptism. That's actually what these guys do, right? Mm -hmm. um, a lot of times, the biblical authors, when, when they talk about the sacraments, they, um, and, and this is why you got, you get like Lutherans and other, and other, uh, um, Christian sects because, um, they get these passages and confuse them and they, they say it means one thing, but in our reality, uh, baptism, whenever we read about baptism in the Bible, a lot of times it is talking about inward change, mm -hmm. but at the same time, we shouldn't divorce it, uh, from the sacrament itself, water baptism. Right. You know, I think right here, I think this passage helps a lot because Peter, yeah, he is talking about actual baptism, water baptism, but he, 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 he clarifies himself. He, he kind of qualifies it and says, but not the removal of, of, of filth of, of the flesh. Okay. What truly saves you is that inward, you know, is that it's that appeal to God of a good conscience. So, um, so, and this is why, um, uh, I tell people all the time. And just recently I had a discussion with a one is Pentecostal. Uh, and I told him, I was like, look, You'd be surprised. I actually believe that one cannot be considered a Christian until he's baptized. Mm. And, and, and people freak out when I say that, you know, but I can quote Calvin and other reformers who would say similar things. And it's because our view of the sacraments, we realize that, that these are signs uh, of the new covenant and what God has done uh, for his people. And um, so, so, and this is why Peter and Paul use baptism in, in a way that's kind of interchangeable with with regeneration, you know, right. the, sprink, the sprinkling, uh, you know, you, you know what I mean? And this mm -hmm. is why we Presbyterians sprinkle instead of uh, immerse, you know, so, <laughs> so, you know, so, so it's just one of those things where, where uh, in the Bible, it could be confusing, but it's, it's, it's never good to contradict the Bible. Uh, this is why we say that, that our, that our friends who are, when it's Pentecostal, they get it wrong because now they're, now they just created a contradiction. Mm -hmm. Right. 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 So does that answer the question? I don't know if that if that made it more. No, no, that, that, no, that answered it perfectly. That answered it perfectly because, you know, because we want to be clear about that. You know, Peter does make a distinction here. You know, and they and they ignore that distinction because they just they end that now saves you, and he, Peter just he goes right into saying not as a removal of dirt from the body. So he's acknowledging the reality of water baptism, right? Mm -hmm. But he's making it clear that this is not what he's as not this is not what he's talking about. Yes. You know, he's talking about but as an appeal to God for a good conscience through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So all this is, if, so taking that alongside with through verse 18 through 20, is talking about being in Christ, 
yes. in him, you know, like, just like just like the ark is what saved Noah and his family is being in Christ that will save us. You know, that's yeah. the important thing, you know, being exactly. in him, the one who died once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous. That's exactly. Exactly. Amen, bro. Yeah, I mean, it's true, man. It's, it's a it's a really good topic to talk about baptism, you know, um, and uh, and it's funny because apostolics or when it's Pentecostals, they might think that we put baptism down a whole lot and make it not important. But in our reality, um, and, and you might know this, I know, but as a Presbyterian, bro, I mean, I can't I can't get through one week without talking about baptism because I'm, I'm surrounded by Baptist, you know. <laughs> and and we, we, we think baptist is we think baptism is a huge deal you know where we talk about it frequently man right and, um, and it's important it's, it's an important issue to talk about you know and um so yeah anyways uh hopefully hopefully maybe uh one of these episodes we, we, could, we could talk a little bit more about what is baptism from the reform perspective that both baptist and because honestly uh, if you read the london baptist confession on baptism it's very very similar to the westminster very really? similar almost identical you know so, um, so yeah, we think baptism is important and someone should be baptized. If you want to be considered a Christian, you should be baptized. Yeah, I think it's important. I, I, like, usually in the scripture, like anytime was like, think about uh, Philip with the uh, Ethiopian, yeah. um, was it the Ethiopian eunuch? Was it the yeah. eunuch? Uh, he, as soon as, I mean, he, he believes, he, he's he's like, hey, what, what can I do? Or, you know, he's like, well, you no, know, there's, there's water here. What's, what's preventing me from being baptized, you know? Hey, like he was baptized once he believed. Yes. Peter, um, in uh, Acts ten, you had uh, Cornelius in his house. The Gentiles, Peter said, like, "Hey, these people are saved. They are filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, who, why shouldn't we baptize them?" You know. So you see, like every time there's there's faith, there's repentance, there's belief. Hey, baptism comes afterwards. It's like this. It's it's like important. You know. And I say like like it's important. It, it is important. Yeah, it is important. Examples in Scripture that it is important. You know, um, I, I'm from the, I'm from a position where it's, if you're a Christian and you just like, nah, I won't be baptized. I'm like, why? Yes. You know, <laughs> like, why would you not want to publicly like proclaim being renewed in Christ, being dead to sin, dead to old ways, dead to your old self, and now made alive in Christ? Because even though the work is done inwardly, like this, this public proclamation is, is what is what displays to the, to the world. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, I, and I like how in Acts. You had uh, I don't can't remember who it was. I don't know if it was James or it was Peter, who came who came across the, the uh, disciples of John the Baptist, and and they asked them, you know, under which baptism um, baptism were you baptized? And they said John the Baptist, uh, John's baptism, and so they baptized them in Christ. And like so, you see the importance of the, this transfer. Like they received the Holy Spirit, right? They were born again. They, they were baptized under this new authority, uh, and so it's just you know we see in scripture the importance of it. You know, as, yeah. as, as believers, we should want to be baptized. You should desire to be baptized. You know, as like Peter says, not as removal of dirt. It's not, you know, it's yes. not about removing dirt from the body. So it ain't about the water. You know, it's about what it means. Exactly. And, and really, and that's what it comes down to. The answer, based on the context, it's not the removal of filth of the flesh, right? It's not physical, right? Mm-hmm. Baptism that saves. But the appeal to God, uh, appeal to a good conscience before God, which is a spiritual baptism that saves so, um, and, and I'm glad Peter added that because if he didn't add that, it would be hard to really look at that passage and be like, man, I guess there might be some contradictions in the Bible, I guess. But, you know, it's because it's kind of hard. One moment he's saying we're saved by grace through faith, not by works. And then now he's saying we're saved by baptism. You got to do something. It makes it, it makes it confusing. But thankfully, 
through the Holy Spirit, the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, Peter wrote that and made it pretty clear at that point. And and again, yeah, if, if you look at the context, it makes it you, you you can be confident in what you believe. You know, it's not confusing so is, anymore. So, so is it safe to say spiritually that we're baptized in Christ? Like, yeah, yeah. like we're baptized in Christ. Like, it's not not so much in water, dealing with water, but just the fact that we're immersed in Christ, we're submerged in Christ, being yeah, born in Christ, Christ yeah. being submerged in Christ by the Holy Spirit. So like this baptism doesn't have, like you said earlier, doesn't necessarily have to always mean water. You know, just every time you see the word baptized, you're always automatically assuming it's dealing with water. And when you're looking at the context, you know what it's being, what it's talking about. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I know, yeah, it, it, it is safe to say that. It is safe to, uh, that, that we are in Christ uh, through baptism. Um, I have no issue with that at all. As a reformed believer, there's no issue at all. Now, if someone says, uh, you know, we, we are united in Christ, only through water baptism, then because they add that, you know, only through right. water baptism, then it becomes, okay, wait, hold on. I think you misread the text. You know, I think you misunderstood the text. So, so yeah. And it goes back to the problem that we have with our uh, bap uh, baptismal regeneration friends who, who say things like that. Right. Right. And, um, right. and here's the thing, man, if, if the Bible commanded us to be baptized, then we'll just do it. You know, <laughs> like, like, like we're not trying to, to make it difficult or to, or to come up with a strange doctrine. We're, we're saying, look, the Bible says we're saved by grace through faith, not by works. Okay. Baptism requires someone else to be there to baptize you and to you to, to willfully agree to that baptism. You know what I mean? And um, so that requires works. It's okay? a ritual. Yeah, exactly. So, so yeah, anyways, man, uh, I, I think we answered that pretty good. Um, and the, the questions that you asked, man, I wasn't prepared for those, but I'm glad you asked them because just as believers in general, those who agree with us, but might question, okay, well, how important is baptism then, you know, and, um, and these terms that we, that we see in the Bible, can we say them? You know, we can, we, we can say that we've been baptized in Christ. Yeah, right. Yeah, because like you said, it was like polemic discussion, but then giving it back to, you know, how do we answer someone who comes with an objection like that, you know? Yeah using this verse and what is a safe answer to give us like, Hey, you know, I mean, not safe, but it's the right answer. It's a true answer. You know, we are baptized in Christ. Baptism does save us. But we're baptized in Christ, you know, not this water baptism, you know? Yes. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely, bro. Well, that's good, man. Uh, now there's, there's one more passage. Um, this one is James two twenty six, And for here, I actually wanted to go to, uh, I wanted to get the, actually have a, physical Bible here. It's probably a little easier for me to use. Um, in James chapter two, uh, do you have it open by any chance? Mm -hmm. You want to you read uh, where he starts talking about faith and works? Well, I, I guess I was, I was starting at verse two, uh, 14. Yeah, right there. Um, so James two fourteen says, what good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warmed and filled, without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is that? So also, faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that God is one, you do well. Even the demons believe and shudder. 
do you want to be uh, do you want to be shown you foolish person that faith apart from works is useless was not Abraham our father um, justified by works when he offered up his son Isaac on the altar you see that faith was active along with his works and faith was completed by his works and the scripture was fulfilled that says Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness and he was called a friend of God you see that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone and in the same way was not also Rahab the prostitute justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way for as the body apart from the spirit is dead so also faith apart from works is dead yeah so uh before we before we open up on this one man um normally they go to this passage when we start emphasizing that we're not saved by works okay? mm-hmm. and, and they always go to james 2 but we have to uh we have to point out okay so you actually believe we're saved by works okay right. just, just to make that clear you know <laughs> you're saying that we are saved by works and um and 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 if they admit that just let, let that resonate for a second you know i was like right. you, you you seriously believe that we're saved by works when no, no matter what paul said and uh, these other these other passages say about not being saved by works you're saying we're saved by works and um and because honestly I, I think if you let them Think about that for a second. They might, they might realize, okay, maybe I'm going a little too far in this. Hopefully, you know, that's my hope at least when I ask them that question. Whenever you give them a passage that talks about being justified by faith, they uh, and they and, they, and then they want to go to James two. Mm-hmm. Again, they want to make a contradiction. They don't right. want to explain uh, Romans four one, which we're, we're going to read in a little in a little bit. But um, but but they want to just go ahead and just prove that someone must be baptized and it's a work. And because James two says that 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 it's not faith alone that saves, it's faith and works. Right. So, right. Um, but yeah, I, I really wanted to emphasize that. Go ahead. No, I'll just I'll just piggyback on that. Is is interesting because if you ask them plainly in the midst of that, like once you ask them, "Is your work so you're saved by works?" They may shut around it, and um and they'll go instead of answering the question and say, "Well, you got to be baptized or you got to do this," and but then you then you take it a little step further and you say, "Okay, so." So Jesus' death on the cross wasn't enough. I have to do something extra. And that's, and that's when they'll come off from that. And they'll back off from it. And I'm like, well, see, there you, there you go. You're trying to say this and that third. Like, but no, it's, I'm not trying to say anything. Like, by your own admission, you're saying that Jesus' death on the cross does not save me. It's not enough to save me. His, his blood that was shed, that's supposed to be my, the atonement for my sins, actually doesn't atone for my sins. You know, it may have atoned for my past sins, but not, but not my present, because I'm going to be condemned if I don't be baptized. You know, and it's, 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 it's they, you know, they don't think about that, the implications of that understanding. Exactly, bro. Exactly. I mean, um, and this thing that, that that we really put to the conscience. You know, we really appeal for the Holy Spirit to convict. You know, because because we both know, especially both being uh, Calvinistic Reformed, we know that we can't change someone. Right. right. No, no matter how much reason, we, we, we could be James White and they won't be convinced. You know what I mean? Um, right. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, like, it doesn't matter how well you could de- debate or anything, how, how knowledgeable you are. We have to appeal uh, to the Holy Spirit to change them, to, to, to convict them. So, th- so that's why I, I like asking that question. And like you, you know, you really want them to say it, you know, mm-hmm. by their own admission. We are saved by works. So what Christ said on the cross was not enough. I had to do something. Right. 
And so, and then uh, along with that, they're saying, okay, well, now you're not, not only do you believe we're saved by works, but you're purposely dismissing other scripture just to hold to this one. And that's not how you interpret the Bible. So, right. so um, in James 2, in verse uh, 20, let me see. Um, we'll start at verse 20. Uh, do you want to be shown, you foolish person, that faith apart from works is useless? Was not Abraham, our father, justified by works when he offered up his son Isaac on the altar? Okay, so that, that's usually what, what they what they want to focus on whenever we uh, bring up like Romans 4, right? Romans 4, one says, um, What then shall we say uh, was gained by Abraham, our forefather, according to the flesh? For if, verse 2, For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. For mm-hmm. what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness. Now to the one who works, his wages are not counted as a gift, but as, uh, but as is due. And to the one who does not work, but believes in him, who justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted as righteousness. Hmm. So, wow. th- they make it into a, like this verse versus this verse, okay? One verse says that Abraham was justified uh, by faith. It's counted him as righteousness. The other one says no, it was works. Um, and, and, and here's the, the tricky part, is that they're both true. You know, <laughs> you know the, the, the both they're both true, but but I, I want them to admit first that you think it's a you think it's, a, it's you think that it's a contradiction in God's word that yeah. this verse says this and this verse says that you want to dismiss this one because you want to uphold this one. Okay, we're saying on our end we're saying no, they're both true and they both make sense. They do not contradict. Right. So you want to say anything else before I I go on? I was going to say like here I mean because even from even when comparing from the other verse you read like. This is still talking about faith, like it just just it is going back to what it was saying before. In the um, I show you my faith by my works. How was Abraham's faith proven by his works? You know, that's just like saying I believe God, but I'm not going to obey Him. Yeah. Well, then you really don't believe God. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You, 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 know, you know, what I'm saying like, like you really don't have faith in Christ if you don't live from like. So it's like the on our culture, people say, "Oh, I know the Lord. I, I know God." Yeah, they live a, a life that's totally against God. It's like, yeah. no, you really don't believe him, you know? And so this so this whole thing is still talking about faith. James is not saying anything different than the writer of Hebrews would say. You exactly. know, you know, so it's like, you know, they, they like you said, they they are they are trying to without trying to make a contradiction. Like, I don't think they I don't think they would admit to trying to find a contradiction. Um they would assume that this would supersede the other verses you will read that's only justification by faith yeah they want to admit it right um right at the same time though you got to really put it in front of them okay so which one do you believe romans 4 1 or james 2 26 pick one mm-hmm. you know and they can't say both you yeah, know right. so so it's just it's just uh you know I, i've done that with mormons before you know it's kind of off topic i've done it with mormons where i highlight one verse that says that we're saved by grace through faith and then i get their their version uh their their, their their book and highlight the part that it says that we're saved by grace after our works you know, and I, and I put it by, side by side. Which one do you believe? Because mm. they, they, they say the opposite, <laughs> you mm. know? So, um, so so the question now is, okay, so how do we answer that? You know, even apart from the oneness Pentecostals, how do we answer this? Because it, like it seems like a contradiction. We know it's not, but how do we answer it? And um, and really, if you look at the context, once again, what Romans 4.1 is talking about and what James 2 is talking about. Um, and thankfully, James mentions Isaac because it, it gives us a point in Abraham's life on what he's referring to, right? Right. Uh, quick answer is this, that James 2 
what, what we read in James 2 about Abraham is about 30 years after what we see in Romans 4.1. Mm. Okay. So first, Abraham initially in covenant with God was justified uh, and uh, by faith, right? That's Genesis chapter 15. Right. Okay. Um, about seven verses, uh, seven chapters later with Isaac, when he's about to sacrifice him, that's about 30 years later, where now we see James saying, okay, he, he was justified by his works. Mm. Does that make sense? Oh, wow. So yeah, James, James 2 is talking about uh, Genesis 22. Romans 4 is talking about uh, Genesis 15. So does that make sense? Yeah. And so um, just for clarity's sake, so we're not talking about, there's not, there's, there's not two justifications, so to speak, mm-hmm. but it's just that the authors are pointing out two particular different times. Exactly. And yeah, so, yeah. You know, so it's like, um, but, so, and if I could add, I, I would like, like, going back to verse 14, um, this is something I heard Dr. James White bring out in a debate. I can't remember um, who he was debating uh, when he was talking about this, uh, this verse, but he mentioned, and I never paid attention to this beforehand, like prior to hearing this debate and but reading the scripture, I never really paid attention to it. And I don't think that a lot of people who believe, uh, one of them apostles and those who believe in baptism regeneration and so on and so forth, they actually look at this portion of verse 14 where it says, can that faith save him? You know, because okay. they, they look at they look at that and they say, well, faith can't save him alone because, you know, we see scripture right, right. say we're justified by faith alone apart from works. That's a good but point. Then, but then they look at verse 14 and they say, can that faith save him? And they're like, well, that faith can't save you because look how James is forming the question. But it's but it was something James White put, pointed out was I thought was very interesting. The word that can that faith save him? Like he's like it's like James is trying to specify a particular type of faith. Like this is you know there's one type of faith over here, there's one over here. This faith over here has no works. This faith over here has works. Can that faith that has no works save him? And the answer is no. It's useless. Right. And I mean, as he goes through it, the rest of the, the dialogue. And so I just thought it was interesting like, when we bring it out. He yeah. says, what good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? And you got to keep in mind, these works are not just, um, not just, bap- now you're talking about baptism, I don't be talking about baptism, but just keep mm-hmm. in mind what James was talking about. James was talking about works of righteousness, works of like, fellowship, reading the word, um, living a repentant oh, life, you know, loving one another, A, B, and C, like, works you know not just sacraments but works uh, the works of the works of, uh that any a christian a believer will do in his his or her life you know that would display and show that i am a christian i am born again you know these works that he's speaking about you know and so it's like can if you don't have any of these works there's nothing in your life that shows that you're actually in christ that's it's useless you know can that faith save you you know and so it, it, it's like he uses this um passage to just signify one thing is baptism forgetting everything else that james is trying to speak about and you know and so it's like he's saying that can that faith save him the one that has no works and but then he goes on in first um verse 18 but someone will say you have faith and i have works right i mean this is like this sounds like the argument i will have with the baptismal generation person or, or the one that's been the cost. hey you have your faith i got works i i was baptized in jesus name you know you was baptized in the name of the father son and the holy spirit but i had it done in this way i have works behind me you know but then he goes on the james goes on to say show me your faith apart from your works and i will show you my faith 
by my works. Showing the importance of the fact that the works that we do is a product of our faith, not that we gained our faith because of the works that we do. And this is what a lot of people would, would use baptism for. Like, this is how you gain the faith. This is how you come into the faith. Yeah, bro. No, that, that's a really good point. Yeah. Can that faith save him? Implying that there is a faith that can save, but can that one without works save? And the answer is no, right? And so that's a really good point too, man. Um, and again, just combining the things that we said, it makes sense. It makes sense. And it's consistent throughout the board, right? We're not mm -hmm. saying, okay, suddenly we're justified by works. You know, uh, yeah, I, I know Paul said we're justified by faith and like a million times. But now we're just five hours. You know, no, it's it's both. You know, um, so I, I know James uses the word justified on uh, verse uh, twenty-four. You see that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. Um, and and us being Calvinistic reform guys, we're, we can be super critical, right? Uh, <laughs> when, it, when, it, when, it, when, you, when we use that word justified, right? We're, we're thinking about like, um, and I'm sure people hearing this won't know what we're talking about here, but there's that federal vision belief that works are still involved in your, in your salvation right mm -hmm. uh that, that you have to um justify yourself in your works that's not that's not what we're saying at all right right um what we're saying is that um once we once we once we have that faith that saving faith like abraham did even 30 years down the road we're, we're going to demonstrate that we're that we're faithful mm. you know through works you know um it, it'll be odd for someone to be made alive and not like they're dead Mm. No, <laughs> it, it, it doesn't make it doesn't make sense to do that. You know, when, when you're alive, you're, there's going to be evidence of you being alive. Um, the, the fruit of the spirit. Okay, uh, Galatians chapter five, verse twenty-two. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temper, uh, temperance. Against such there is no law. Okay, so one of the fruit of the spirit. If you have the spirit, there's going to be some fruit. Okay, mm -hmm. one one of the fruit is going to it's going to be faith. So when you think of fruit, do you think that it comes first and then the tree comes and then mm. the root comes? No, the fruit comes afterwards. Right. So once you have the spirit, there's going to be fruit. And one of the fruits is going to be faith. And I don't see how I can get any clearer than that, bro. <laughs> like, <laughs> like so consistent. Uh, and this is why I love the Bible so much, because I was talking to someone recently about this, that they're saying, oh, well, it's written by men. I was like, yeah, I mean, but it's a unique book because there's no contradictions in it. You know, and uh, and and I, and I really hope that uh, our friends who are one of Pentecostals can say the same thing, but they can't, and we're trying to show that to them. You know, right, right. I don't remember James White saying that about verse fourteen. I'm glad you brought that up because that's a really good point. Yeah, I didn't think yeah. about that. I, I, I didn't think I, about that. I'm not gonna remember who's debating when he brought that out, but um, you know, it was somebody who's debating dealing with works, and it was dealing with baptism. Um, uh, it was it, it was yeah, it was dealing with uh, baptism you know, as far as saving, and um. And when he brought it out, he was like, can that faith save him? And, I, and before then, I never really paid attention. I always skimmed yeah. on that part, you know, just forgot just that verse. I mean, that portion of the verse, you know, just can that faith faith save him, you know? And it's like the author is being specific about a particular type of faith. And he, he like he's giving a contrast, you know, between the faith that is real and that's authentic and faith that isn't. You know, the faith that is authentic and real, like you said, as a person is truly alive, you'll be able to know, you'll be able to see it. Yeah. Now, I really like how you made the contrast too. Like, <laughs> if you're living, that's evidence. Like you can, you can tell someone's living. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, that's, yeah. that's, that's good. Like you're dead, you're dead. Like you can't be, you're dead and then show signs <laughs> of life. <laughs> yeah, even if you're faking it, 
we're going to know you're, that you're faking it, you know? <laughs> a lot of times Christians are, you know, whenever we go through some hard times, one act like we're not Christian anymore and we try to mm. God. But because God loves us so much and he's not an irresponsible parent that loses his children like crazy, he's, he's going to keep us, right? He's going to keep us yeah. and, 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 and restore us. And um, Hebrews, uh, Hebrews uh, 12, I believe, 12 says that mm-hmm. because we're his children, he'll chastise us. And, and although mm-hmm. my, we, we're not going to like it, but it's because he loves us so much, you know, he's going to build us back up. So, and he's a good parent, you know? So, uh, yeah, man, I mean, it's, um, yeah, I, th- I think, I think that those are the main verses that they use uh, for, uh, to prove that baptism saves or that we're saved by works. Um, you have any other comments about James 2 at all? And anything that you want to share that you, you didn't get a chance to? Yeah, I, well, I just want to say just to encourage the one who's, who's listening or watching that they would, you know, if, if you were on this side that you believe that, you know, baptism is the work that, you know, that we must do and you use this verse to show that, hey, we need works, like we're saved by works in that sense. And I'll just encourage you to read the whole passage, like read, reread the whole chapter, read it, James, just see the context of what he's trying to get at before he gets to this point. He does, because James in Ephesians chapter one makes, I mean, you can tell like, like he's just all about faith. Like he's like believing, you know, and you know, believing in Christ, this, this savior. But you come to verse 14, just look at the context. You know, and, and the examples he gives is like James gives these examples, like he gave Isaac, Abraham and Isaac, I mean. And then he but then he gives other examples trying to show you what he's trying to say. You know, that it's it's not the works, you know, it's not the works alone, and it's not the faith alone. It's that they're together. Like you, you need both. You need both. But you don't have one without having the other. And you don't have faith, and I know it's gonna get to the logical issue here, but you don't have faith. If the Holy Spirit isn't already indwelling, you don't have, that means, you know what I'm saying? So you're not going to, you're not going to be saved. You're not saved at all unless the Holy Spirit is already indwelling you. And therefore you then have faith, which means you're already saved. You already are saved, already in Christ. And then the works follow, you know, that shows that you've been made alive together in Christ, as Paul says in Ephesians, you know, and so it's like, that's, that's important thing. I would just encourage you guys to, just to read the context of that and, you know, spend time in Hebrews, um, like Arturo's reading, like spend time in, in Hebrews and, and Romans and just understand like, you know, God didn't put these books together to contradict um, each other. You know, he put them here, he put them out here strategically to point us in the right direction of what the truth is. And so I would encourage you just to take your time with it, you know, remove yourself from whatever you've been taught in the past, you know, just detach for a moment. Just read the scriptures as is, you know, without the biases of what you've been taught. And that's why my encouragement would be in that. Amen, bro. I mean, uh, yeah, dude, I mean, like, and here's the thing, too. Um, we talked about the importance of baptism when we went over First John, I'm sorry, First uh, Peter. Mm-hmm. We talked about how we should, we, we, we urge people, if you claim to be a Christian, then get baptized, or else mm-hmm. we can't recognize you as a Christian. Um, and, um, and so I'm glad we went over that. But what I want to go over now uh, is justification. Just very quickly, very briefly, just to, just to let people know uh, what it means to be justified by faith. Um, we went over some passages already. Um, and uh, let me let me read some of them right here. Uh, actually, you know what? Let's go ahead and uh, if, I'll start reading in, James, in uh, Romans chapter 3. Starting at verse 21, I think, I think this is really important. And the reason why I say this is because some, someone I just I, I spoke with recently who held to this one Pentecostal view, 
he told me that it's not until baptism that you receive uh, the atonement. It's not until mm. baptism that, you, that, that, that the blood of Christ is actually affected on you. Right, so you ever heard somebody say that before. And, and, and what they're doing is they're, they're ripping out faith and putting baptism in there because it's actually faith that does that, right? And, uh, and what, one thing we read in Romans 3, uh, and anyone who hasn't read, or just read all of Romans 3 because uh, especially the first part, it really is just that foundation of like we can't save ourselves. No one's right. except your God, right? So then uh, after giving this, after Paul writing, uh, giving us this bad news, depressing news that we can't save ourselves, right? Right. Um, and no one does good, not even one. Um, he finally gives us the gospel. Starting in verse 21, he says, Now the, the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law. Although the law and the prophets bear witness to it, righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. For there is no distinction, for all have sinned and, and fall short and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. Hmm. So propitiation, so although Christ paid the penalty 2,000 years ago, we don't receive it until we have faith. Wait a minute. So, you meant baptism to receive if by you baptism. If you and write baptism, then, it, you know. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's pretty clear, right? Verse 24, whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received, how? By faith. Mm. This was to show God's righteousness because in his divine forbearance, he had passed over former sins. It was to show his righteousness at the present time so that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus Christ, in Jesus. Uh, verse 27, then what, becomes our, uh, then what becomes of our boasting? It is excluded. By what kind of law? By law of works? No, but by the law of faith. For we hold that one is justified by what? Faith. Faith. Apart from the works of the law, or, or is God the God of the Jews only? Is he not the God of the Gentiles also? Yes, of Gentiles also. Since God is one, he will, just, he will justify the circumcised by faith and the uncircumcised through faith. Mm. And that's really interesting because right there he's talking about sacraments, you know? And he's saying, no, mm. the faith is what counts. Uh, faith mattered as well in the Old Testament, right? Mm. But he's making it clear. Uh, do we then overthrow the law by this faith? By no means. On the contrary, we uphold the law. And then, and then right afterwards in, in chapter 4, he talks about Abraham being justified by faith. Um, so it, it's, it becomes very, very clear, very, very, it's, it's so evident what the Bible says about faith. Um, Romans 5, 1, therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace through God, through our Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, it's all over the place, man. It's everywhere. And you can see, you can see Paul um, and James here are kind of, are echoing each other. Where, yeah. he talks, where, where James talks about, you know, I'll show you my faith by my works. And, and Paul says in Romans 3.30, he says, since God is one, who will justify the circumcised by, the, by faith? How was that? And then he says the uncircumcised through faith. And so, why do people? Why were people circumcised back then? Like, what was the reason? Their faith. Yeah. They be, they believed God, therefore they circumcised themselves. Yeah. You know, they, you know out, of, out of obedience because they have believed God just as much as as you said, chapter four goes into talking about Abraham. Why did Abraham obey God? Because he believed God. He had faith. Yeah. You know, and so yeah, it's, it's just the Bible doesn't contradict. It's, it's they're saying the same thing, 
you know, there's different ways, but they're saying the same thing, getting us to the point that faith is the key. You know, yeah. Jesus is the key, is the key. Yeah, exactly, man. And and faith in what, right? Uh, faith in the person and work of Christ. You know, it's what He did on the cross that saved someone. Um, and yeah, so man, uh, really quick before we get into the so next time we we we, we go on here, we're we're going to talk about uh, the passages that that they try to use to disprove the Trinity, right? But before we go to those, I really want to emphasize this because we're talking about the gospel here. This is, this is a dividing issue. This is why we can't look at our friends who are one Pentecostal and call them brothers or sisters, mm-hmm. right? Um, True. It's because of this, because they're adding to the gospel. Uh, it's very clear what the Bible says about faith and works. Um, and the fact that they, that they use James 2 um, to say that, no, we're also saved by, by works, that's baptism. Um, they're missing something there, you know? So we want to appeal to them. Like you, you are a sinner, whether you're baptized in the name of Jesus and speaking tongues afterwards, you're still a sinner in need of grace. Uh, and, uh, and you have to repent of your sins and you cannot boast that you did something to get saved. You cannot do that. Uh, you're going to be surprised on that day when God judges you and you're going to appeal to your baptism and find out that that was not enough to save you. You forgot that, you cannot save yourself. It's only that Christ could save you. And you made it about you. You made it about what you can do, about how you can be baptized and speak gibberish and say that it's the Holy Spirit and walk around like, you, like, like you're saved when, when, when you weren't. Um, think about the early church and, the, and, and all throughout church history as well. That was denied already. It was rejected because they knew that it was a false gospel. It was a false doctrine. And here you guys are repeating it and convincing people that that's the way and you will be held accountable. And so this is why we're doing this. We're doing this because we want you guys to know the gospel, which means that uh, uh, you are a sinner. You cannot save yourself. Um, you, Christ lived a perfect and righteous life. Uh, he cared about truth. He cared about his father's will. He lived a perfect and righteous life that we cannot live. Okay. Um, and he was pure without sin. And yet he took the punishment for sinners on that cross and put it on his back. And three days later, he resurrected, defeating death. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he resurrected. And if you believe that what he did was enough, if what he did on the cross was enough, then you too could be saved because you trust in him that he saved you. And you repent of your sins and, and turn to him and live a life uh, just to glorify him. And in heaven, we can be together worshiping and singing to the one God, right? So mm-hmm. I appeal to you guys to please consider this. Um, if, if, you're truly, if you're truthfully not convinced in your mind that, that, that we're saved by grace through faith and not by works, uh, then feel free. Again, um, Jamal, you, you want to go ahead and give that little plug to your... Um, to your um, yeah, yeah. You can reach me at um, youtube.com forward slash prescribe truth, or you can uh, visit my website, prescribetruth.com. If you'd like to email me, if you want to talk to me and connect with me, um, you can at prescribe.truth at gmail.com. Uh, you can also call me at 801-980-6333. And this is, a, this is a ways you can connect with me. You can also find Prescribed Truth Apologetics on uh, Facebook and also Instagram and Twitter. Awesome, bro. Yeah, man. So, um, yeah, anyways, uh, that was great, man. Uh, you, you have any final comments uh, at all about Anything we talked about, bro? Anything we talked about, uh, whether it be justification or the verses or anything at all? All right, man. I mean, uh, I think it was very good what you said in the end, just you know, ending with the gospel there, man. And, um, you know, I just, just want to encourage, man, like, 
verse 24 we're justified by his grace as a gift um you know this giving of this justification and salvation from god is like it's beautiful and i hope one day um, our one that's pentecostal friends would know would come to know this gift and come to know the, uh, the impact of being a, re a recipient of this gift that's only given only received by faith as the preacher says it's not by it's not by anything that we've done but it's it's being received by faith, our trusting in God, our belief in Christ, and not just the fact that he existed, you know, but the, and everything that he taught, what he said, and we stood for, um, and, and what it meant, his redemption, uh, his, res his resurrection, and all those things. So I just pray that you guys would just really, that the Lord would just turn your heart, that the Lord would just really just impact your heart with the good news, this, this wonderful news. Yeah, because you, I remember back in my time of, um, when I was uh, Pentecostal, I, I was always stressed. You know, did I do enough? Am I doing enough? Um, is there something I'm missing? You know, and when I did slip up, when I made mistakes, when I sinned, you know, it, man, did I gotta, I gotta do something else to make up for it. But no, as the scriptures we read to you guys, it's like no, the work has already been done. This doesn't mean. Let's be clear, and I know we, and I think we've made it clear before, but let's be clear here that. No, we're not saying like because of these works or not having works like we should live a, a rebellious life and therefore we still have say of uh, salvation because we have faith i think we made it clear that our works are accompanying us because of the faith that already exists in us so we still seek to please god and honor god with our lives you know but even if there is still sin present the thing is our hearts towards our sin is different that's the difference between uh, living as an unbeliever and being a believer our hearts are different I once loved my sin, now I can't stand my sin. I can't stand myself because of my sin. And that's just what God said would happen. In Ezekiel 36, he said, you will loathe yourselves because of your sin. You know, that's what happens. You know, so, so don't don't be twisted. Like, no, we believe that good works are good. We should do works. They should accompany us, you know. But I just hope that one day you'll be able to experience the free gift that comes in Christ because of what he's already done on the cross. Um, and you said it beautifully, bro. I just wanted to, to add that. That's the main point. Yeah, thanks, bro. Yeah, I mean, it's a relief, man. It's true what you said. It's a relief that now realizing the gospel and grace, that that pressure on my back now, am I doing enough? Even if I'm not out there sinning, are my works enough? Am I really justified by my works? Am I doing right. enough? I'm not doing as much as this guy over here or as this person, that person. I should do missions. I should just not get married. You know what I mean? Like, um, and, and, and if you think one day, yeah, I, I, I'm doing enough then you have something to boast about, you know, right. and Paul talks about that. So, so yes, um, I echo what my brother said, uh, please, uh, consider this. You know, um, I have Jamal's info in the description. Um, but yeah, I think that, I think that wraps it for, for this part. Next time we'll, we'll cover some of the arguments against the Trinity. So yeah, uh, besides that, um, hopefully you guys are doing well and uh, Soledad Gloria.